Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. All right, welcome back to the Sojo Show, everyone. I am glad to say, relieved to say that AJ and I are actually filming this together. We're not actually physically together. Which no, please. I know, but we are at least filming this together, as opposed to last week's episode. If you caught it, that was <laughs> not. <laughs> no, we were by our lonesomes. I know. All right, so AJ, I have a question for you as we get started because we are starting something really cool and exciting today that we will be venturing into over the next few weeks, and I know everyone's dying to hear. But before. We announce it exactly, which honestly, if you have looked at the title of this episode, you probably already know. You already know. <laughs> You're like dragging it out like it's some big mystery. <laughs> I like it's a surprise. It just dawned on me. They know. Okay. Um, all right. But here's a question. This is kind of sad. But currently when we're recording this, we actually are not supposed to be on the opposite sides of a Zoom room. Where are we supposed to be? No, now you're going to make me all sad again. I know. I just feel like we need to start this conversation with this so I can we can we can move around to to what we need to talk about. Okay, so apparently we have to do a little bit of lamenting here before we start our podcast because yes, it's for a good reason. Yes, it's for a good reason. Actually, we we're going to do this episode together in person. Mm-hmm. And we kind of got 12 hours notice that we could not do a trip together that we thought we were going to go on. (laughs) (laughs) And where are we going to go? These two small town girls. Ah, So yes, we were going to leave our Southern roots behind. We were headed to New York city. Oh, okay. And okay. Just a little bit of confession here. We spent a little too much on clothes to go to the city. Yeah. And after we had spent all of our money, <laughs> but we did it on the last day. This is the, this yes, is the funny part. We did. We, we did. did not we prepare until the day before we were getting on an airplane. We and literally procrastinated. And we were still too, too early. Yes. Yes. We were still too early. We still bought our clothes. And then like literally an hour later, I got home and Jen was like, call me. Our trip has been canceled. 930 at night, 930 at night. We were supposed to fly out at eight o'clock the next morning. Yes. Yes. Not kidding. So we're actually supposed to be leaving New York City right now as we are recording this. Yes. It's, it's so sad. So New York City is an awesome place. I love the city. I love New York City. It's a big town. For those of you who are listening from big towns, you understand. It's an awesome town. Um, It's a big town. We, though, are small town people. Mm. We're kind of yes. Could you could you tell that, dear listener? Would you ever have guessed that? (laughs) We are not tiny town people. We're not tiny town people. Which there's nothing wrong with that. We love tiny town people. Welcome all the tiny town people, (laughs) and welcome all the big town people. We're kind of medium sized people. But when you go to New York City, we feel very small town. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, that's the reason we needed to buy some new clothes. I think. Yeah. And it's very sad because now <laughs> we have nowhere to wear them. <laughs> no, we were actually, actually, they're just black pants. It's all good. I can wear them anywhere. All right. So 
we're asking this for a reason though. And here's the reason I know y'all are going, y'all want really want to know why. So we are starting a series about a small town. Actually, it's not about a small town, but it sounds good, right? It is about a book of the Bible. We're starting a series on one of my very favorite books of the Bible. And it was a letter written to a church in a small town. So do you want to give them the spoiler? Okay, so Colossians was a small town. Yes, I did read that in my study Bible. It was a very small town. Colossae, yes. (laughs) The Colossians were not small. They were normal-sized people. (laughs) Most likely. I don't really know that. Okay, so if you are listening to this, at some point, we went way off the rails. (laughs) Way off the rails. I don't really know where we were. So there's probably going to be a really big like cut in the in the audio. So I apologize. I will take blame for it. I will take blame. So listen to the end of the episode. Listen to the end of the episode and you'll figure out why. But the bottom line is for now. (laughs) For now, we are focusing on the fact that New York City is a big town. (laughs) Yes. We are from small towns ish. (laughs) And we are talking about this because we are doing a study on the book of Colossians. (laughs) And Colossae (laughs) was also a relatively small town or unimportant town in the grand spectrum of things in history, right? As far as like, it wasn't a major like port city or important town or anything like that. But this small insignificant city so to speak, the small and significant church, so to speak, insignificant in big quotes, was used by God to bring us this letter called we like to call the book of Colossians that is one of the richest theologically deep and sound books on the supremacy of Christ that we have. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so God can use anybody. So that's a little, that's a little, little tidbit point, little bonus is that if you are in a location, a city, a church, a whatever, if you are feeling insignificant, if you are seeming, seeming very ordinary right now, you are important to God and God will, can and will use you. Okay. That was oh, just and a bonus. I just have to throw this little phrase out there too, because in my study Bible, in the intro to this book, it says that Colossae was a second-rate market town. Second-rate? <laughs> second-rate. That's kind of harsh, isn't it? Or as your son would say, brutal. That's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> wow, that is brutal. But, you know, sometimes we feel that way. We yeah. feel we're second-rate or the town we live, the location we live in is second-rate. The, you know, the job we have is second-rate. And we can kind of judge things by that label. Yeah. And this is just an awesome book because it reminds us, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. And the other thing about this book, okay, so what we're going to do today is obviously we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about the introduction to this book. And one of the other cool things about this particular letter that was written was that not only was it written to a group of relatively, and I don't want to say insignificant, the people were not insignificant, the church and the town, as far as culturally was not particularly significant. But the other cool thing about it is that Paul, who's writing this letter, had never actually been there. I don't know that I really 
understood the, the significance, we're talking about significance, the significance of that, because here's the cool thing. The person, the man who founded the church in Colossae was Epaphras. And Paul, he was actually visiting Ephesus when Paul was in Ephesus. Okay, so I did a little background on this. This is really cool. Some of you already may know this and you're like, skip forward. Um, but no, Epaphras was in Ephesus and Paul basically, we presume, preached the gospel to him. He went back to his hometown of Colossae and started a church, right? So Paul, Paul did not have any idea at the time when he was ministering in Ephesus that he would actually be preaching to someone who would start this church in Colossae that ends up having such a vital role in the history of the church because simply because of this letter. Okay. So that's, that's another cool thing. We don't know the repercussions of our faithful service to Mm -hmm. the kingdom. Well, and kind of another tangent off of that would be the fact that in God's sovereignty, he didn't allow Paul to visit this small town so that we would have this letter. Like we wouldn't have this letter recorded if Paul was there to deliver this message in person. And what a rich message this book is. Mm-hmm. You know, we we see the supremacy of Christ and we see our completeness in him. And we wouldn't have that if Paul had gone in person. So it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and that actually can be said of all of the prison epistles, right? That he wrote from prison, uh, Philippians and Philemon and um, Ephesians, right? We wouldn't have those if he had not been, you know, because he could have gone and and written. Well, potentially wouldn't have those. So right. it's just it's just another example. I agree with you of the sovereignty of God in all things, even in things like Paul's imprisonment, right? Yeah. So, So Colossians is a little unique from some of the other uh, letters because we don't really know what the problem is in Colossae, right? So we know that there is a problem there. We know that we presume that, uh, because the Epaphras was actually with Paul at the time. So we presume that Epaphras went to visit Paul to tell him, to basically tattletale on his church and and tell him about the struggles of his church, of his people. And okay, that in of itself, is really, really cool because this is a spiritual leader, someone who is a minister who was seeking help because of his passion and his love for his people. So that's a whole nother thing. Well, and on the other side, the, the love that Paul had for people he hadn't met, right. You know, and sending this response. I mean, how beautiful is that? Right. So Paul's compassion for this church. So, so we don't know exactly what the issue is. We think we know, I mean, some of the, no, we don't think, some of the Bible scholars think, um, you know, they they have different ideas. But the bottom line is, is that we know what we do know is that somehow there were some false teachings that had gotten into the church, and they were leading people away from from Christ being supreme and Christ being all in all. And people were adding things. We can tell based on the the these four chapters. And I encourage you today. Everybody, when you get off of this podcast, go and read these four chapters. It doesn't take long. But we know that the people were adding things to Christ in order to consider themselves good Christians. So that's kind of the bottom line of it. And so Paul basically gives us this letter, gives them this letter and says, okay, this is the deal. <laughs> Christ is it. 
Christ is all you need. And we have this benefit because I do not think that the Colossae, the church at Colossae, was it in any way unique in their struggles. Um, just like none of the none of these um, old churches <laughs> were, we have the same struggles today, which I think is is really cool that now we have sort of an, an answer and a reminder for these struggles. Yeah, and at the root of it, at the core, I think the question is that Paul is getting at is what what are your beliefs? You know, what is your core belief about eternity, about where your hope is at? I know that's a big theme. Um, in the very beginning of this book and really, really be sure about that. Like we have to know that our foundation is, is adequate and that it's, our hope is placed in the right um, foundation. You know, we have the right foundation. So I think sometimes we can just take it for granted that we have all the answers and we know what we know and we believe what we believe, but does our lifestyle reflect that, you know, does our lifestyle reflect that? Christ is enough, you know, or are we mm-hmm. pursuing other things kind of blindly, you know, and, and we're not aware of how we're actually living out a belief that we're, that we don't know we have. Yeah. Well, Colossians is rich and full of all kinds of lessons. And we have several things we want to share about it over the next few weeks on the podcast. And we're doing a study on it. We'll link that up. Um, below. So whatever time you're listening to this, you can go check out the study on, on Colossians. Um, but I think I want to hone in on one of the things that you just said, because I think it's really important. And, and I think we, we can make this one point. You were talking about knowing what you believe and, um, and really just understanding these truths. And then you said, you're talking about the hope of fu- the future. I think that one of the things we need to realize as Christians is that we understand a lot of these biblical truths or we are learning all these biblical truths, but we have to put everything in the context and in the perspective of eternity, I believe. So in the first part of this book, before he even starts talking to them really about anything uh, that uh, specific, he is talking about that he's encouraging the people, first of all. Paul always does that, right? He gives them, he calls them faithful, and then he calls them out for their sin, right? Isn't that, that's just, that's very cool. But what he says in verses four and five is, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. So he's telling them, we heard of your faith in Christ. So he's calling them faithful. We know that you love each other. He's, he's, he's affirming that. And then he says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So this one little phrase here, he's going to go on and he's going to talk to them and he's going to talk to them about what they are kind of not getting right. But first he's reminding them, he's affirming their faith, their love, but he's reminding them of the hope that they have in heaven. And I think, and the reason that I brought this up, and and I pre- I'm glad that you said that, is because I think that if nothing else, we need to recognize that that having this view of eternity and this hope of heaven is really what allows us to be freed up to give our lives away now, right? It helps us with our faith, helps us to love others, but it helps us to give our lives away because we're giving our lives away for more than just what we can attain in this world, in this life, right? 
what we are looking for and what we are hoping for and what we are loving for and what we are longing for is the hope of heaven, which is our eventual future. Mm -hmm. And our hope as a believer is not the wishful thinking kind. You know, it's not like, oh, I hope I get a bike for Christmas, you know, not knowing what's going to show up under the Christmas tree. It is a hope that is secure. It's a sure thing. It's like as good as done. It's just not in our possession yet. And that is the difference of our hope as a believer versus any other kind of hope out there. It isn't just empty. You know, we have solid grounds to know one day this will be ours. Right. Our our hope is, is secure. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I love that. And I love that we can take everything we have now and we can filter it through that hope. So um, there Romans is very rich in this talking about this hope of the future. Oh, well, the, the whole New Testament really is. But this one, one of my favorite verses of all times is Roman 818. And it says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time, not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed and then, you know, he goes on it and I'm thinking about um, the present versus the one day, right? And then if we skip down just a little bit further in 24, verse 24 of Romans 8, it says, for in this hope, we are saved. He's, you know, he's referring to this same thing, this hope of glory, this hope of the future. And this is what Paul is saying to the Colossian church that you have this hope. It's laid up for you in heaven. It's done. And because of that, I'm commending your faithfulness and your love for one another. Mm -hmm. Well, and this would be a great exercise for all of our listeners to do. Read through the book of Colossians and just list out what that hope looks like. What does that eternity entail? What, What is the hope that we have so secure like flesh that out a little bit using the words in Colossians that describe it. Because I think our hearts need to be reminded of that. You know, we need to have this picture from time to time of what exactly it is that we have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many things around us in the world that's that's telling us, oh, put your hope in this, put your hope in this. Even just the little trivial trinkets, you know, the phone on our nightstand every morning, you know, it holds out a promise to us, you know. There's so many things that promise whatever, entertainment, safety, security, fun, you know, all the things. And we can be sidetracked by that unless we constantly renew our hearts with that greater hope that we do have in heaven. Right. And as part of that exercise, I'm going to encourage you to, to think of the ways that your hope may be grounded in earthly things and Mm -hmm. think of things that you are placing your hope in that are outside of this eternal hope that we're talking about. And then how can you practically start redirecting that so that your hope is in in eternity, because when you're hoping in the things that will pass away, when that is your primary hope, then that that is not going to satisfy your soul. And that's mm-hmm. not going to spur you on to really doing the work for the kingdom that you're called to do after you've been saved. So, mm-hmm. so think about those things as well as we're, as we're thinking about this hope. Yeah. And just going back to your Romans five passage, Romans five, verse five, it says, hope does not put us to shame. And I kind of think of that as 
hope does not disappoint us. Mm-hmm. Like when, when our hope is really in the right thing, when it is in eternity and the promises of God, the love he has for us, we're not, it's not going to let us down. We're not going to be disappointed in that, or we're not going to be shamefaced at the end of our lives. When we stand before God, you know, that's not going to be a moment of shame when we have placed our all we've given it everything we've had to, to, for eternity's sake, we're not going to be put to shame in that moment. And so just remembering that we have the payoff is coming and we're not doing it for the payoff, quote unquote, you know, we're doing it for the glory of God, but we won't be put to shame and we won't be disappointed. And just yeah. reminding our hearts that it's worth it. It's worth the fight. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the struggle. It's worth getting it right. Yes, 100%. 100%. So as we are looking at the book of Colossians, we encourage you to follow along with us. We are going to be studying Colossians, reading Colossians, reviewing some of the, the big points in Colossians, although honestly, there's a ton of them. And and remember as and as we do this, that Colossians... The, the Colossian people were people just like we are. They were being led astray. They were, they're being taught by a leader. They are being reminded of this all-sufficient Christ. And we can too, as we look at this book. So, you know, I, I encourage you to read the book. We've already said that. Let's Let's kind of look at it together over the next few weeks. And I'm excited to dig into it a little bit more. Comment below if you are reading this book of Colossians and we would love to hear from you. And otherwise, we do have some kind of a free encouraging gift for you. Go over to sojohub.com and you can find it there on our show notes. So, or we'll put a link below. So we'll see you next time. (laughs) Hey guys, it's AJ here with a personal question. Do you ever long to connect with other women over God's word? If so, I'd like to personally invite you to be part of our online Bible study community. Sojo Academy is where Jen and I meet via Zoom every week with our global community to discuss God's word, pray, and share what we are learning with each other. In Sojo Academy, you'll get a fresh Bible study every month, as well as weekly meetups, Bible journaling kits, accountability, community, and an entire library of workshops and Bible study tutorials. Jumpstart your walk with God and come hang out with us live this week. Visit sojoacademy.com and we'll see you inside. Okay. Can I just interject something here? Really sure. weird. We can sure. put this on the blooper. <laughs> you don't know if it was really a small town? Well, I think it is because everything that I have read, but this is totally random. Totally okay. random. I was oh, just goodness. sitting here thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> So I have to give a quick shout out to our gentlemen who are listening because I don't know if you remember this, Jen, but like a couple months ago when we were in person, you had said, we have no gentlemen listening to us. And I said, well, back up again. I introduced by saying, welcome to gentlemen. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. And you said, we don't have no gentlemen. And I said, (laughs) I think we might. And you said, no. And so this has kind of been like a little ongoing behind the scenes discussion between Jen and I. Well, a few weeks ago, we did have a gentleman reach out and he said, I'm one of your male listeners and I will not call him out because I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but no, his name it's certainly with, not. <laughs> his name starts with a C. So. <laughs> 
Why are you bringing this up? Because. I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> As you were talking about small towns, I just started thinking about the ladies and gentlemen. So I'm sorry. It was just random. It was random. I, I just, it was an unfinished conversation that I felt like we needed to finish. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you mean that was the biggest like non sequitur I've ever been involved in. I mean, what just happened? Yeah, because I just, okay, we haven't talked about it yet. We have not brought this conversation and discussion to a close. I need to close the loop. The loop was open back in July. Okay, but we were talking about Colossae. <laughs> and I haven't thought about the gentleman issue until now. So, so, so if our gentleman is listening, they feel very loved because you haven't even thought about him. <laughs> <laughs> No, there are gentlemen listening. So okay. you have to edit that part out. Where were we then? Okay. I don't know, but that has to be. Okay. So the bottom line is I want you to know I won. I'm the winner here. Okay. Now we can move on. We can go to Colossians now. <laughs> oh, that I was right. That you were right. For once in my life, I was right. We just wasted like five minutes of airtime for you to prove that you were right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It had to be done. Okay. Let's gather our senses again. Because I don't know where we were or what we were saying. I was literally in the middle of a conversation. Let me think. Okay. So at some point, uh, ladies and gentlemen, see, I just... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Shh, deep breath. <laughs> Are there areas in your life where you feel like you need to simplify a bit? My guess is yes. Several years ago, AJ and I identified seven areas that we felt like um, were important to simplify in order to focus on most important things in life and primarily our relationship with God. What we are doing is pulling that out of the vault, and we are doing Simplify Your Life Summer 2024 Edition. We invite you to join us. We are excited about it and look forward to seeing you there. Go check out sojohub.com slash simplify for more information.